thankful for that, that Jesus lives. Give it up for the Lord one more time. Amen. Amen. Hey, look at your neighbor. Tell them they look good. Give them a high five. And then you can be seated. <laughs> it's not a time to flirt now, okay? Hey, we are glad that you're here this morning. No better place to be than in the house of God, worshiping God. And we are so glad that you're here. Uh, my name is Travis. I'm one of the pastors here. If this is your first time, you saw our senior pastor, Pastor John, will be back next weekend. And he's going to be teaching on a new series, New Beginnings, all about vision for the future. Make sure that you are here. It's going to be an amazing series, and I, I'm looking forward to it. But how many people remember the storm that rolled in this past Wednesday? day. Do you remember that? If you didn't, it was, man, it was crazy. It was like all day. It was really hot outside. It was sunny outside. It looked amazing. And then, I don't know, about 5, 36 o'clock, all of a sudden, these dark clouds just kind of roll in, you know? And all of a sudden, the wind starts blowing really, really hard. And you can just kind of feel something in the atmosphere, like we're about to get a storm. I was down at Powerhouse doing some things, and I headed back up here a little later. And all I know, I was between here and Powerhouse, and the bottom fell out. And I took off running, and in about 10 seconds, I was completely drenched. I was wet. Um, earlier in the day, I was driving Whitney's car, and I left the window down a couple inches. And so we got the seat wet, and the carpet's wet, and that was, that was great, you know. I, I got home that evening, and I, you know, branches were in my yard, uh, just leaves everywhere. My trash can was down the street a little bit. Like in just a few minutes, this storm rolled in. It did its thing, and then it rolled out. Actually, last night, a little storm rolled in real quick, and then it was just gone. But how many people know sometimes in our lives, storms can roll in? They really can't. Everything is great. Everything is sunny. Clear blue skies. Everything is grand. Then all of a sudden, it's like something happens. You know, the dark clouds, they come in. The wind starts coming. Then all of a sudden, it just starts raining in your life. And you're like, what's going on? An obstacle comes. Some adversity comes. Something bad happens. You're in the valley. All of a sudden, everything's been great. And now you're in a storm. Your job was doing great, but now maybe you lost your job. Or maybe there's some tension there. Everything was great in your relationship and all of a sudden you're on the rocks. Everything's great with your kids and all of a sudden something happens. Everything's great with your help and all of a sudden you get a bad report. You know, everything's good in your business or everything's good financially, but then all of a sudden a storm comes, you get a big bill or you lose that job and you're thinking, what is going on? Have you been there before? Am I talking to the right people this morning? Listen, every single one of us at times in our lives, we face trials, we face tribulations, we face tests, we face storms, we're in the valley. And the question isn't, is this really going to happen or if it's going to happen, it's when is it going to happen? And then what are we going to do when we face opposition and adversity in our life? Are we going to grab a hold of God? Are we going to keep our faith? Are we going to keep trusting God? Are we going to keep pursuing God? Or when the storms come, are we going to back up? How many people know the enemy, when bad things happen in our life, the enemy wants us to pull away from God? The enemy wants us to turn away from God. The enemy wants us to check out. The enemy wants us to blame God and just remove ourselves from, from seeking after God. That's the worst thing that we can do. Listen, when we face storms in our life, you know, how we respond to these storms really is what makes a difference. You know, when you're facing trials and tribulations, really what matters is, are you going to go after God or are you not? Because that's ultimately going to determine our future. 
Listen, I wish I could say that we're never going to face opposition in our life, but we live in a fallen world and we are. The good news is when we face storms and trials and we're in valleys, God is with us and God is going to help us. Can anybody testify to that? Man, God didn't cause it, but God will help us through it. And here's what I want to do this morning. I want to look at a couple characters in the Bible and how they responded to storms and valleys that they faced in their life. And I also want to tell just the story of my journey over the last several years uh, regarding my health. Listen, for uh, several years, my wife and I and our family, we walked through a storm. It wasn't fun. I didn't want to be there. But let me tell you, God helped us get through to the other side. And if you're facing a storm in your life, God's going to help you get through as well. Amen? So what we're going to do this morning is we're going to look at some practical ways, five things to remember when you're navigating the storm. Again, at times, we're always going to go through storms. We're going to have things that just come upon us, that just hit us like a ton of bricks. But God's here, and God wants to help us. And I think this message will help us this morning. So as we jump in, let's pray for a moment. Lord, we just want to say that we love you today. God, we thank you that you care about us, you love us, you have a plan for every single person in this room. Lord, at times we face storms, we face the valley, we face heartache, we face pain at times, but we know that you're there and you care. God, I pray for grace during the storm. Lord, I pray that this message would inspire our faith to rise up. Lord, that you can take care of us. And God, would you give us some tools, Lord, as we go through different things in our life. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Okay, so the first thing to remember when we are navigating storms in our life is when you are caught off guard, God isn't. Look at me. When you're caught off guard by something, something financially, something in your family, something, you know, at at work, when you're caught off guard by something, God is not caught off guard. Let's look at Job just for a second. I think he's a great example of this. Job chapter 1, the Bible says this, that there was a man from the land whose name was Job, and this man was blameless and he was upright. He feared God and he turned away from evil. There were born to him seven sons, three daughters. He possessed 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, very many servants, so that this man was the greatest of all of the people of the east. Check it out. Job has it going on. Job loves God. God loves Job. The Bible says he's righteous and he's rich, okay? This is a good combination. Job has it going on, right? But we know what happens to Job. We know some storms come in his life. Basically, we know the story. He approaches God, Satan approaches God, and he says the only reason that Job worships you is because he has so much. Listen to me. If it is taken away from Job, he will curse you. He won't worship you. But you know what God basically said? Job's my man. When something happens to Job, he is not going to turn away from me. We know what happens. Satan is allowed to mess with Job, to steal some things from Job. And in just a matter of, you know, a day, he went from this wealthy father with 10 kids, good health, to losing everything. His animals stolen, his kids dead, his servants dead, his health goes, you know, wayward. It's like everything in Job's life just collapses. It's like the storm just rolls into his life suddenly. How many people would say that's a storm? Listen, when everything goes wrong, that is a storm. And I'll be honest with you this morning, um, I don't really understand all of Job chapter 1 where Satan comes in and he presents himself to God. But what I do know is that God is still in control. What I do know is God is still on his throne. 
What I do know is we live in a fallen world and ever since the original sin of Adam, every one of us, we have sinned. We've all fallen short of God's glory. You know, even little kids, they get a year or two years old and they're, they're fighting, they're stealing toys from each other. You know, they're, they're pinching each other. Listen, that is not taught. That's innate inside of us. We have a sin nature. The good news is God is in control. The good news is, listen, there's not some epic battle between God and Satan. They're not on the same playing field. God has allowed Satan for a season to do some things that, that he does because mankind has forfeited over dominion. But God and Satan are not equal. It's not like this big fight where sometimes God wins and sometimes Satan wins. No, the, the fight is between us and the enemy. The Bible says, Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. It's not even a match. But because we live in this sinful nature, Satan has, sometimes he, can, he runs the place. Sometimes he does what he does. That's why there's murder. That's why there's disease. That's why there's all this stuff, okay? Uh, but Job, listen to me, he was caught off guard. His world was turned upside down. And I'll be honest with you this morning, that's exactly how I felt several years ago uh, when I was diagnosed with kidney disease. I was caught off guard. I wasn't expecting it. You know, six years ago, I went to the doctor, and I just wasn't feeling very well. You know, I, I didn't know what was going on. Maybe I had a, a cold, or I thought I had a flu, had the flu. But I went into the doctor, and I just kind of, I just don't feel good. I'm kind of tired. And they ran some tests. They did some blood work, and, and I left. And, you know, at first, they didn't think anything was going on. The next day, I got a call from the doctor, and he said, listen, we have a problem. Your creatinine is, is super high. And that's a, that's a big problem. And I remember telling him, I don't take creatine, you know. I take protein. I don't take creatine, you know. And uh, they were like, no, no, no. This is not the same thing. This is an indicator of kidney function. And he said, you need to go see a nephrologist. And I'm like, what? A kidney doctor. I'm like, okay. And so we scheduled this appointment, and Whitney and I are just kind of looking at each other like, okay, a kidney doctor. Well, we go to the kidney doctor. He runs some tests. He says, I want to take a biopsy. A biopsy is a procedure where they go in and they, they pull out tissue in your kidney and they analyze it. And so they, they did the biopsy and they, they, you know, they studied it for a few weeks and they call us back and they say, yeah, you have kidney disease. And Whitney and I are looking at each other like, kidney disease? Like, what, what's going on with that? You know? And he says, you have 50% kidney function. And I'm thinking, that's probably not very good. And so, you know, they said, we're going to aggressively treat this. We think this is the kind of disease that, you know, we can increase your function and everything's going to be okay. And so for the next six months or so, I took a lot of medication. And, you know, long story short, it didn't do anything. And so they sent my biopsy, they sent the test results uh, to MD Anderson to try to figure out what's going on. It, it should be, you know, reacting to the medication that we're giving him. Well, they did some studies and they came back a month or two later and said, this is a chronic disease. This is autoimmune disease. And he's had this for a long time. You can't reverse it. And so that was like, man, that's, that's not good news. And so what the doctor said was this. You have 50% functioning. Actually, that's, that's not bad. Um, this could take a long time to kind of dwindle down. It could take 10 years, 15 years. So we're just going to monitor you every three months. Check your blood and just kind of follow this. And I said, great. And I can remember that's what we did. Every three months, I'd go give blood. And, you know, Whitney and I, we lived our life. We started a family. We went on mission trips. We did everything that you normally do. But then one day... I got sick again. This is probably a year and a, a year and a half later, and uh, I had a, a low-grade fever for about 30 straight days, 99.5, 99.9, just kind of right there. 
uh, my wife finally convinced me to go to the doctor. Okay, how many people just aren't fans? You know, you just, you got to be just like bleeding, leg cut off to want to go to the doctor. I mean, I, I just don't like to go. And so finally I went to the doctor and they ran some tests there in the doctor's office and, and I told them what was happening. And I guess they looked at the blood and they thought I had meningitis. So they rushed me to the hospital. I got a spinal tap, which wasn't fun at all. And uh, long story short, they found out that I had gotten bitten by a tick carrying a disease. And I'm like, what? A tick carrying a disease? I pulled off hundreds of ticks over the years. If you go in the woods, you're going to pull off a tick. And so I'm thinking, I got bit by a tick, and they gave me some medicine and, and all this stuff. Well, it turns out my kidney function went from 50% to 10%. 50% is okay. 10% is not good. Okay, so my immune system was so weak when I got bit by that tick, man, it just threw it into overdrive and just it messed me up is what happened. And so I ended up going back to the doctor and over a course of a few weeks, we thought that it might go back up, but it didn't. You know, they, they tested some things again. And this is the first time that I heard the doctor say, you're going to have to start dialysis. And I remember again looking at Whitney like, dialysis? I don't even know how that works, you know? This whole process, this has been a few years since I was diagnosed. No one had ever told me I was gonna have to start dialysis or it was even potentially something I was gonna have to do. Then he started talking about, you need to get on a kidney transplant list. Then I'm like, what? I mean, it was like, I'm, I'm too young for this. I'm too busy for this. Like, we can't do this. I got things to do, places to go, people to see. You know what I mean? How many people know when storms come, you can't predict when they're gonna come? Listen to me, some things you can predict. If you show up late every day to work and you don't do a good job, you can predict you're probably gonna lose your job. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, if you've got a girlfriend and you never take her out and you're never nice to her, you can predict she's about to not be your girlfriend anymore. But sometimes things just happen in your life and you are not prepared for them. You know, here we are, we have two kids at this point. Gabe's probably two years old, who's on the front row playing with his Transformers. Can you wave, Gabe? Uh, you know, but we have all this stuff going on. Our, our daughter is about six months old. You know, I can relate to what happened to Job. Man, I was caught off guard. So what happens was I had 10% kidney function and basically said, we're going to walk this thing down to about 5%, and then you're going to have to start doing dialysis. Let me tell you, we prayed. We sought God. People prayed for us. I flew out to California, and I got prayer in a prayer room. But you know what happened? In October of 17, I started dialysis. We got down to about 5%. I was tired all the time. I wasn't feeling good. And, you know, I had the surgery to put the, uh, the catheter inside of me, and we started uh, peritoneal dialysis. And you can throw that picture up on the screen real quick. This was the first day I did dialysis. Uh, you have a little catheter, and it's hooked up to that bag right there. See, when you have kidney failure, you don't basically get rid of, of, of the toxins and the waste that's inside of you. And so I'd put that bag inside of me. I'd, I'd leave it in there for four to six hours. Then I would change it out. And so every four to six hours, that's what would happen. As I would get the toxins out, I'd put it in. And listen, I'm very grateful for dialysis. I mean, it saved my life. And there's some people in here today that I know have been on dialysis or still on dialysis. Dialysis is a miracle. It's great. But listen, that's not what I wanted to have to do. I did not want to have to go through this. It was not fun. It caught me off guard. It shook me. Are you following me? I had a PD catheter that hung down to my knee. I'm doing dialysis every four to six hours. I've been praying and believing, yet here I am. I was caught off guard, just like Joe. But listen to me. Even though the storm came in and I wasn't ready for it, God was not caught off guard. 
Even though I'm in this storm, God was still on his throne. He's still all powerful. He still cares for me. He's still holy and he still has a plan. You know, when this first thing really started happening and, and I knew I was going to have to get on dialysis at some point, two scriptures came to my mind. The first one was Psalms 23.1. It says this, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. You are my rod, you're my staff, and they comfort me. Listen, that helped me. The next verse, Pastor John sent me this several times, Isaiah 41.10. It says this, fear not for I'm with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Listen to me. My problem was still there. I knew I was about to walk through a storm, but the peace of God came over me. The peace of God sustained me. Listen, God never promised a Christian that you wouldn't have problems. If you think because you became a Christian, you will never get sick and you will never be in need and you will always be perfect, you have bad theology. Throughout the Bible, find me someone whose life was perfect. You can't do it. You are going to have trials and tribulations and tests and adversity and obstacles. It's going to happen. But the promise of Christ is that he'll walk with us every step of the way. And I want to encourage some people that are going through a storm right now. Jesus cares. Jesus sees you. Jesus loves you. And he will walk with you every step of the way. Moving on, the next thing to remember when we are navigating the storm is that God is still good. Look at me, even though your situation is not good, cancer is not good. That problem that happened in your relationship, that is not good. That financial thing is not good, but God is still good. After everything that happened to Job, look what Job says in verse 20. It says, Job arose, he tore his robe, he shaved his head, he fell on the ground, and he did what? He worshiped. And he said, naked I came in from my mother's womb, naked shall I return. The Lord gave and the Lord takes away. But blessed be the name of the Lord. And all this Job did not sin and he did not charge God with wrong. After all of this bad stuff happens to Job, Job's response is to worship and to pray and to have faith. Job doesn't check out. Job, does, Job doesn't lose his faith. Job doesn't go get drunk. He doesn't go pop a pill. He doesn't become an atheist. Job says, you know what? Blessed be the name of God. Blessed be the Lord. He's basically saying, even in the midst of this situation, God is still good. Think about that. Job had experienced great tragedy and pain and hurt and brokenness. Yet in the midst of this thing, he realizes that God is still good. And I want you to ask yourself a question this morning. Even though you're going through what, you went, what you're going through or what you went through, do you still believe that God is good? Even though things aren't perfect, even though you may not be where you want to be, even though you're hurt or you're broken or something bad happened to you or you have sickness in your body, do you still hold on to the fact that God is good? Because if you could hold on to the one fact that God is good throughout this whole thing, that is the only foundation that you need. If you can realize that even in the world that we live, even though it's fallen, even though it's full of hatred and murder and disease and death and all this bad stuff, if you can hold on to the fact that God is still good, that's the foundation that you need. That's the only foundation that you need. If we can grab a hold of the fact that even in our sin and even in our rebellion against, against God, listen, we've all sinned, right? 
If we can hold to the fact that even though we have sinned against a holy God, but God still sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sins because he loves us and he has a plan. And if we will repent of our sins, he will save our soul. If you can grasp the fact that God is good, then that's the only thing that you need. Listen, a lot of people, when bad things happen in our country, when bad things happen around the world, people are quick to say, this proves that there's no God. Or this proves that God doesn't care. This proves that God is, is evil. I'm here to tell you that's a lie. Listen, God didn't cause this bad stuff to happen. We kind of talked about that a few minutes ago. But the fact that there is evil proves that there is good. Listen to what Ravi Zacharias says. He's an apologist that I like to listen to. He says this, but if there is evil, that must mean that there is good. So there must be a moral law to differentiate between evil and good. So if there's a moral law, there must be what? A moral law giver. Someone who decides what's good and evil. Who's that? That's God. You can't disprove God because there's bad things in the world. You can only prove God. You know, several times over the last few years, people have asked me, are, are you upset with God because of kidney disease or kidney failure? Are you upset with God because, you know, you're on dialysis? Listen, I'll, I'll be honest. You know, there were some times where I was, I was confused. There was a problem that I had. I was discouraged, but I never got mad at God. Why? Because even though things weren't good, God is still good. Man, was I mad at the devil? Yes. Was I mad at sin? Yes. Was I mad at my situation? Absolutely. But how could I be mad at the God who saved me? Listen to me. You know what's worse than kidney failure? Not knowing the greatest love ever. You know what's worse than cancer? Cancer's bad. What's worse than cancer is not knowing the love of Jesus Christ. Being broke is bad. But there's something worse than being broke, and that's not being saved. That's not knowing the greatest love ever, and that's Jesus who died on the cross for our sins. Come on. Throughout this whole process, listen, I realized at any moment God could take this whole thing away from me. And I'm not going to praise him any less just because I'm not in the situation that I want to be in. I'm not going to praise him less because I'm on the valley and not the mountaintop. You know, well, I praise God on the mountain and not the valley. That's hypocritical. Some of us in here, when we have bad things happen, we pull away from God. Listen, that's when we dig into God. That's when we seek after God. That's when we go after God because God is still good. I said, maybe you're in here and you're hurting today. I've been there and I'll talk about it in a minute. God's still good. Here's the third thing to remember when you're navigating the storm is to seek after God like never before. Listen, when you are hurt and you need something and there's a storm, you seek after God. You know, what I love about uh, uh, movies like Rocky and, and, and stories like Rudy, last night I showed a, a clip uh, of Rudy, uh, you know, the guy that got carried off the field at Notre Dame. But what I love about these characters like Rocky is there's always, uh, are y'all familiar with the movie? They're all good except number five. I wouldn't watch that one. That's not very good. Anyway, it, there's always the scene where Rocky, it looks like all hope is lost. He's going to get beat. You know, Mr. T is about to beat him. The Russian's about to beat him. It's, he's just, it looks bad. They pan to his wife. She's crying. She doesn't want to watch. He's bloodied. He's, he's beaten up. You know, his managers want to throw in the towel. The crowd is just like, oh my gosh, he's about to lose. Then Rocky, man, it's like he digs in and something comes upon him, you know? It's like the music starts to play and it's the dun 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 It's just, man, he gets this energy and he starts hitting again. He starts throwing punches again. Listen, as a Christian, when storms come in our life and the, you know, the opposition is against us and adversity is against us, how we dig in as a Christian is we seek God. 
Some of us, you're going through something right now and the word of the Lord to you is you need to plant your foot and you need to seek after God like never before. How do we seek after God? We worship, we pray, we read our Bibles, we attend church, we go to small groups, we do everything we can to reach out to God. I'm reminded of Paul and Silas in Acts chapter 16. Remember, they come into a city and they see a, a, a slave girl who's demon possessed, who's you know, telling people's fortunes. What do Paul and Silas do? They don't go get their fortune read. They cast the demon out of the girl. And this is awesome, except for the people who own the girl and they get mad. And long story short, Paul and Silas, they get thrown into prison. They get chained. This is a bad situation. They were probably tortured a little bit, bit, little bit. They were probably scared of dying. Yet what do they do in the midst of this persecution, in the midst of this storm? They worship. They praise. And what happens? Man, an earthquake comes and those chains fall off. When you don't know what to do, when something has just hit you, when the storm has just rolled in and you do not know what to do, you seek after God like never before. That's the best thing that we can do. I'll be honest, throughout this whole process for me, there were some dark days. There were some days where I was discouraged. There were days where I was disappointed. There was days where I felt depressed. You know, here I am, I'm in my early 30s. I'm on dialysis. You know, I can't do some of the things that I want to do. I can't travel like I want to travel. I can't play with my kids like I want to play with my kids. I'm tired all the time. I cramp all the time. You know, my kids every day are asking their mom when dad's not going to be sick again. Every night, I mean, I have to do four exchanges a day. So when I get home from work, I'm on the couch or I'm on my bed doing an exchange. They take about an hour. You know, my kids come in and, and I have to be in a clean environment so my kids can't even come in while I'm doing this. Are you following me? Like, I, I've gained 40 pounds. My clothes don't fit. Hello. You know, things were bad. I mean, I was just like, man, when is this going to end? Have you been there before? Have you been there? I mean, you don't know what's happening. You don't know about your future. You don't know what God's going to do. You trust God, but you don't know the answers. You know, even after surgery, I had surgery two months ago, you know, there was a lot of pain that I experienced. I mean, I, I got sick the second night after surgery. I got a 103.5 temperature. The doctor comes in. They think I have a pulmonary embolism. And I'm like, am I going to die? You know, all this stuff happens. You know, I, I had problems uh, with my catheter. I got a blood clot in my neck. Um, I had to do several doses of plasma just to keep my kidney. You know, even before I got the kidney, I got two calls to come up there and get a kidney, and then the kidney did not match. You know, I was down. I was upset. But in the midst of all this stuff, what I did not do is pull away from God. I kept seeking after God. I kept going after God because I knew God cared. I kept reading. I kept praying. Listen, there comes a point in our life where your faith and my faith, it will be tested. See, it's easy to have faith when you know the outcome. And I don't even know if that's really faith if you know what the outcome is going to be. Faith is when you don't know the outcome, but you know the person who does. You don't know your future, but you know the person who does. It's easy to have faith when you're broke, but you know tomorrow you're going to win the lottery. Are you following me? It's not faith. It's easy, you know, to have faith when, when you know that tomorrow you're going to meet your future husband or wife. It's not faith. Faith is I do not know the outcome, but I'm going to keep trusting God. You know, if you haven't been there before, you will be there. At some point in time in your life, you will run into a wall where your money, where your talent, where your home, where, where your family, your will, your charisma will not pull you out. 
As much as you love your wife and you love your kids and you have a good job and you have money in the bank, it will not help you. The only thing that's going to pull you through is your relationship with God. And that's why we stress so hard here. Spend time with God. Read your Bible every day. Seek God every day. Because listen, when you're seeking after God, it's like you're putting money into a savings account. You're going to have to pull it out one day. And when storms come, if there's nothing in that tank, just like a, you know, a, a little tree that's not deeply rooted, the storms come in, it's gone. Some of us in here, we've been in a place in our life where our roots were not deep and the storm came and our faith was shaken. I want to challenge you this morning to let your roots go down deep. Seek after God, pray, become disciplined. You know, one of the things that I, 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 I've dealt with, you know, years ago, I was just very inconsistent. I wasn't disciplined as a believer. I want to encourage you to be disciplined and consistent as a follower of Christ. You know, Christians, most Christians, I read a stat the other day that said 90-something percent of Christians don't read their Bible every day and they don't pray every day. Listen, that's what we're called to do. There's a difference between knowing what to do and actually doing it. God's not looking for people just to know what to do. The, the devil knows what he should do. He doesn't do it. Let's be people of action. Let's be people that do stuff. I know I'm supposed to seek God and I'm going to do it. I know I'm supposed to serve. I know I'm supposed to give. I'm going to do it. In every area of our life, we understand commitment and we understand discipline. We get up early and we go to work. We brush our teeth in the morning and in the evening, hopefully, right? Let's be consistent reading the Bible. Jesus talks about in the parable of the sower to let the roots go down deep. Are your roots deep? If they're not, man, start today. Start reading today. Start worshiping today. Start a family devotional once or twice a week. You can be rooted in Christ. You can have a firm foundation. You know what? What was real to me, uh, you know, and some of you can relate to this if you've had surgery, you know, I can remember being kind of right before surgery, I'm in a room, you know, I'm hooked up to the IV, the anesthesiologist comes in, says what she's going to do, the doctor comes in, says what he's going to do, we're going to cut you open, we're going to put this kidney in, we're going to reattach an artery, we're going to cut this vein and this vessel, and I'm like, I don't want to even know, you know, just put me to sleep. And so anyway, Whitney and I were in this room talking, and then the nurse shows up, and she says, it's time to go. And I'm telling you, more anxiety than I've ever felt in my life came upon me. And I had to kiss my wife by, and then you go down in the bed, and it's time for surgery. And you know who was there? Not my bank account, not my wife, not my kids, not my job, nothing but me and God. That's, that's the only thing. And there is going to be a point in time where you realize that's all that I have. But if you don't have him, you have nothing. I want to encourage you, let the roots grow down deep. Here's a fourth thing to remember. When you are in the storm, your pain has a purpose. When you're in the storm, your pain has a purpose. Most of us in here, we're familiar uh, with the story of the woman at the well. And, and I'm just going to summarize it. He, Jesus comes to Samaria. He has this encounter with this woman at the well. Jesus asked her for water, and she gets into this conversation with him. He, he says, you know, if you knew who I was, you'd ask for living water. You'd never run out. Obviously, he's not talking about real water. He's talking about the soul. He's talking about, you know, eternity. And so she gets into this conversation with him and basically he says, bring your husband. And what does Jesus say? Or what does she say? Well, I don't have a husband. I'm living with, uh, uh, I don't have a husband. And Jesus says, well, you have, you've had four and you're living with someone else. And I don't think this was to condemn the girl at all. I think it was to show her the need that she had for living water. 
during this process, he says, I am the Messiah to her. And I think in an instant, her life changes. Listen, when you meet Jesus in an instant, your life will change. You won't be perfect, but you'll change. And she runs into the village and she tells these people, I met a man who knows everything about me. The Bible says that they came and they were saved. The Bible says that the whole village basically came to Jesus. He stayed there for three days. Think about this woman. Bad situation, divorced four times in this day and age. Made fun of, called names. She's getting water in the heat of the day because she does not want to interact with anyone. But she has an encounter with God and it changes something. Why does she run back into the village and tell people her story? Because maybe, just maybe, she knew what it felt like to feel empty, to feel broken, to feel unloved, to go through a storm. See, God used her pain for a greater purpose. And I'm here to tell you this morning, the thing that you're going through, the storm that you're going through, the obstacle that you are facing right now in your life, God did not cause it. But if you will give it to him, he will restore you and he will use it to affect a whole bunch of people. You know, over the course of the last few years, I've got a lot of prayer from people. I've got a lot of text messages. I've got a lot of encouraging words and, and you know, just, and it helps. Listen, it helped me. It changed me. It worked. You know, Miss Dorothy prayed for me about 500 times, I think. You know, but one thing that sticks out to me towards the end of April, we had a, a prayer night, a worship night. And I want to encourage you when we have these, come. You know, and, and I came and it was, it was at 6 o'clock and about 6.30, you know, I, I just felt tired. I'm cramping. I've got to do dialysis two more times before bed. And I was leaving. I got right behind that camera right before you walk out of the door. And Lyric Searles began to tell her testimony. Lyric is Pastor Michael's uh, wife. They lead Kids Zone. They're doing a great job. But she began to tell her story. And she told the story of, of having a miscarriage. And she told this story about feeling broken and feeling hurt and feeling let down and feeling confused and all these things. But then she talked about the goodness of God. And she talked about even in my brokenness and in my pain, God came and he gave me peace. He gave me joy. He gave a plan for me. He, he helped me. He, gave me. he gave me faith. And listen, I was at the back of there about to walk out the door and just I stopped and something came over me. Listen, I'm not a crier at all. I hardly never cry, but tears began to come down my eyes because of her story. For one, it touched me, but number two, I could feel the presence of God. And I could feel for the first time in really several months, just faith rise up inside of me. And I began just in the back to worship God. God, you are good. God, you are faithful. See, the message that I'm telling you today is not just something I wrote up a couple days ago to sound good. Like, I've walked this out. I understand what it's like to be frustrated. I understand what it's like to be ungrateful. I understand what it's like to just think, man, this is just going to happen. I understand what it's like to just kind of, you know, breeze through Christianity and not really dig down deep. I also know what it's like to feel faith and to feel peace. I know what it's like to hold on because you don't know what's going to happen. And I came to the front and I had several ladies pray for me. And again, the first time in a long time, faith rose up inside of me. And I can remember standing right there believing, you know what, God is going to do something. God is going to heal me. A week, week and a half later is when we got the call about the kidney. Listen, Lyric's story, her pain had a purpose. Your pain, your story, my pain, my, my story, it has a purpose. Don't just think it's just for you and woe is me and this happened. Yeah, it happened. It, didn't, it wasn't caused by God, but God will use it to help people. He'll use it to turn people's lives around. I can't think of anybody in the Bible that God didn't use that they didn't go through a storm. 
Paul shipwrecked, prisoned, stoned. He writes two-thirds of the New Testament. You think about Ruth. Ruth widowed, husband dead, moves to a new land, poor. She has to glean off the crops because she has nothing to eat. What happens to her? She marries a man who owns a field, becomes an ancestor of Jesus. David, anointed to be the king. That's great and awesome. Except when you have to live in caves for years of your life on the run. God never promised us perfection. He said he'd be there. Our job is to hold on. One of the things that just really helped me throughout this whole process was serving. Listen, sometimes in your life, when things are going on in your life, all you can do, you can't change it. You can pray, you can seek God, but you can help other people. And one of the main fears that I had through this whole process is I'm, I'm not going to be able to produce fruit. I'm not going to be able to help people. And I just saw God just use me. Listen, I wasn't 100% at all, you know, but God will take what you have and he'll do something with it. You know, I can remember Jason and I on a team, it was actually two weeks before I started dialysis, we went to Haiti. You know, I wasn't 100%, I couldn't even do much, and Jason just kind of laughed at me, I feel like. But I was there. You know, we felt, uh, when was it? The beginning of last year, 2018, January, I was praying and felt like God wanted us to plant a church in Nashville, Arkansas. I've been there like three times. You know, and I talked to Pastor John, and he said, if it's in your heart, go do it. And Whitney and I and, and a team, man, we went down there basically every week or every other week, and we planted a church. Pastor Nick and Delana, listen, they're doing a great job. They're leading that church. Right now, there's probably 100 people in there worshiping God. But I can remember being in a van week after week, hooked up to my dialysis thing. It's probably not the best thing to do. Whitney's driving the van. It, it, it came with a price, but you can still be productive. You can still serve when you're in the storm. You don't have to just check out. God will give you a measure of what you can do. And if you'll steward that well, if you'll do what you're called to do, even in the season you don't want to be in, God will bless you. God will help you. People need your story. People need what you have. And you may think you don't have enough, but you have more than a lot of people. You can help them. The reason you're here on this earth is to help other people. As the band's coming up, the final thing to remember when you're navigating the storm is to never give up because the storm is temporary. It's temporary. It doesn't feel like it's temporary, but it's temporary. Listen, don't lose faith in God. Don't quit seeking God. Don't quit helping people. Don't give in to the voice of the enemy. Listen to me. The devil is a liar. He's going to lie to you. You're not going to make it. You're never going to have any money. You're never going to get a better job. You're never going to get over this breakup. You're never going to be in a healthy marriage. You're never going to, your kids are never going to come back. It's a lie. You have to take every thought captive. I don't believe that. I believe what the word says about me. I don't believe what you say about me. I believe what the word says about me. You know, most scholars would believe and agree that the tribulations that Job went through only lasted a few months to a year. Now, what happened to him was hard, and it was terrible, yet it was only temporary. And maybe, like I said earlier, you're having a really tough time right now. The breakup is still fresh. You're still hurting from the person who, who lied to you or deceived you. There's still sickness in your body. But listen, I want to encourage you, that pain, that hurt will not last forever. The promise of the Bible is that if we hold on, God will rescue us. Listen, in this life or the next, he's going to rescue you. He's going to help you. He's going to fight for you. We realize that God has never lost a battle. He's victorious in everything that he does. In your situation, God is going to bring the breakthrough in your life if you'll hold on. I want to encourage some people tonight to hold on. 
He'll heal our heart, He'll fix us, and He'll do a work in our life. And even though it wasn't God that created it, God can, God can solve the problem. And tonight, I wanna prophesy that what happened at the end of the book of Job will happen in our life. Job chapter 42, verse 12, one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. This is the last part of Job. It says this, And the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning. And he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, 1,000 female donkeys. He also had seven sons and three daughters. Look at me. God restored everything to Job. He actually gave him double. And that's exactly what happened to me. Listen to me, for several years, man, there was some pain. There was some discomfort. There was some frustration. I did not want to go through what I had to go through. And I know there's people in here, you're going through it and you don't want to. I've been there. Listen, one day I got a call and this call was from a doctor. Listen, and this doctor said, I have some good news for you. He said, I have a kidney. And you know, I can remember being a little excited, but also kind of reserved because I got the call two times. And I kind of said, you know, is, is this a real deal? And the doctor said, it is. He said, we have a donor who's an altruistic donor. And this guy wants to give a kidney to whoever. We've already matched your blood with this blood. It's gonna work. You're gonna get a kidney. We need you to be here in a couple days. And we're gonna do a, a process. We're gonna do a, a plasma thing. And you're gonna get this kidney in three days, two or three days. Look at me. In six hours, in a six hour surgery, the problems that I had for six years were gone. Amen. The problem, the frustration, the pain, the heartbreak, in an instant, it was gone. And listen, people say God doesn't do miracles. Listen, God does miracles all the time. Listen, I want you to show a picture up on the screen. It's a picture of our family and the donor's family. This guy's 30 years old. We met him. You know, actually, we weren't even going to meet him. He didn't even want to meet the donor. He said, God told me to give my kidney, and I'm doing this unto God. And honestly, I just want to be obedient. The only reason we met my donor is because we had a doctor's appointment at the same time, and we got to talk. You know, don't let your left hand see what your right hand is doing. Is that how it goes? He didn't do it for anything else except to be obedient to God. Is that not awesome? An altruistic donor is someone who does not know who they're giving a kidney to. We're not friends. We're friends now, absolutely. He's my best friend. We're gonna hang out. We went to Whataburger like two or three weeks ago. Like they're getting Christmas cards and presents and man, whatever. But this guy didn't even know me. He just wanted to give. God still does miracles. They may not be what you think, they might not come when you want them to come, but God still knows and God still cares. He, if he did it for me, he can do it for you. He can restore the relationship. He can fix the marriage. He can restore the job. He can fix your bank account. Just like Job, I prophesy, if you lost a job, God's gonna restore it. If your marriage needs restoration, God will restore it. If your time and your money has been stolen, God can bring all things back together. You hold on and God's gonna take care of you. I want you to stand on your feet this morning. And listen, like I said, I don't know where a lot of you are right now. I do know at times we go through storms, we go through heartbreak, we go through pain, we go through obstacles. And God wants to help us through. If right now you are going through a storm, I wanna encourage you, keep seeking God. Know that God is good. Know that He has a purpose for your pain. Serve through it and don't give up. 
Here's what I felt led to do. If you're in this place today and you're going through a storm right now, something's going on maybe with your finances or at work, something's going on with your body, I mean your health, just something happened and you're fighting it, you're, you're going through it. Something's happened in a relationship. I feel like there's some people in here that, that deal with anxiety or you have headaches or you have back pain. Listen, if you're in a storm, God wants to help you. He wants to restore you. If that's you, I want you to meet me up here in the front in this altar and we're gonna pray that God would help us. If you're in a storm right now, I want you to meet me up here. You know, I can remember several times over the course of the last few years coming down to this altar and getting prayer. Coming down to this altar and saying, God, I don't know what the future holds, but I need your help right now. And what I'm believing is going to happen is that faith is going to rise up inside of us and we're going to persevere and God is going to hear us and God is going to help us. You know, sometimes, you know, we just feel like ah, I'm going to do this on my own. That's the enemy. God wants to help you. One more time, if you are going through a storm and you want God to help you, you want God to heal you, you want God to just lift your faith, I'm going to pray for you right now. Listen, in an altar right over there, I'm telling you, God did something to me. And, and it made some stuff move, I believe. I mean, I got a kidney a few weeks later. God can do it for you. If that's you, I want you to throw your hands up. God, today, I thank you for your people. I thank you that they love you. God, right now, multitudes of people are going through storms in their life. And God, I pray right now for their faith to arise. God, would our faith arise right now? God, I pray, Lord, that you would help us. God, I pray people right now that are sick in their bodies, God, that you would heal them. God, you are the same yesterday, today, and forever, and you can heal us. You can restore us. You can fix us. People right now that are dealing with relationship problems, God, I pray that you would heal them, that you would restore marriages. God, people with wayward sons and daughters, I pray, Lord, that you would bring them back, just like the prodigal son. God, I pray again that our faith would rise up, that you would give us grace to walk through the storm. You would give us grace to persevere. You would give us grace to hold on. Here, pray with me. God, give me grace to keep going. God, give me grace to keep pursuing you. Give me faith, Lord, to keep trusting you. Lord, right now, I pray that you would help your people, that you would bless your people, that we would not give up. We would not listen to the voice of the enemy. God, we rebuke the enemy in Jesus' name. God, I pray breakthrough for your people this morning. God, that you would come in like a flood and you would help us. Lord, just like the storm rolled in, God, I pray that your goodness would roll in and you would help us. You would touch us right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Bless your people. Pastor Zach's going to keep, he's going to go into a worship song. And I encourage the people that are up front, take a moment here and just linger. Oh, my prayer team, just to come around and just pray for those that are up here um, just for a moment. Listen, I'm telling you, when we do intercession when we pray and seek God God does something but here's the last question before we go you know the greatest storm that we will ever be in is a storm of sin and we've all been susceptible we've all fallen it's a disease and the only cure is Jesus the Bible says that sin separates us from God the good news is God sent his son who lived a perfect life who died for us to take away that sin and when you and I repent of sin and we trust God and we believe, the Bible says that he saves us. You know, if you're in here this morning and you have not placed your trust in Jesus, if you have never repented of your sins, or maybe you've done that, but you've just walked away, maybe today you need to rededicate yourself to God. Listen, I, I'm a living testimony. Life is short. 
and none of us are making it out one day or another. I, I, I made it this time. At some point in time, I won't make it. Are you following me? It's appointed unto man once to die and we will face judgment. If you are away from Jesus, today is a day that he stops that storm of sin in your life. Listen, if that's you, you need him. You need to come back to him. I want you to raise your hand this morning. And I'm telling you, it'll be the greatest thing that you ever did. Real quick, if that's you, I need God. I need God. See, several people, several people. Listen, if that's you, when Zach begins to to sing, you can just head over there to the cross. I want to personally pray with you. But listen, let's lift up our hands this last couple moments. Let's tell God that he's good. Let's tell God that he's worthy. Let's tell God that we love him. God, we love you. We worship you this morning. Thank you, Lord.